Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is artist, photographer, and noted creative thinker, Glenford Nunez. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. So um, what I like to do on here in, in terms of like housekeeping and introductions and all of that stuff, I give a 30,000 foot view of what the person does, but I'd rather have you describe your work and get into the nitty gritty of what your creative practice is. Oh man, it's uh, so much. Um, you know, I, I struggle with this question a lot because I, I feel like I'm, I'm just an overall creative and I love the the process of creating and, and like kind of having a problem and trying to solve it through, um, through visual or creativity. Uh, so my main practice is, is mostly in visual, visual arts. Um, and so at the moment that means photography, uh, painting, uh, I do like 3d work, um, whatever, whatever medium that I, you know, want to get my hands on. Sometimes I just want to learn a new thing and I just want to experiment with the, with the process because, you know, different materials can lend themselves to different creative, um, different, um, results. So, uh, so that's just a quick overview. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. No, I've, I've, it's almost has that. I try to go through the questions to make sure they don't feel like, so tell me about yourself. Cause then it's just, is this legitimately an interview? Like what kind of interview is this? <laughs> no, 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 there's good. These are good questions, man. Good questions. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, um, I'm already getting the vibe. We have some correlation on how, how we approach things. Um, so you, so I've I read that you, you left your, your full-time career and, and what was that in again? Oh, I was a programmer, a web programmer. So you left your career in programming to web programming to go into photography. What was that? What was the thinking in going into that? And what was kind of that aha moment that that's the direction you wanted to go into? Oh, man. So a little background about myself. I've always been like a freelance um, creative. Um, So before I uh, got that job, I actually (laughs) I got that job because I applied um, through a uh, a temp agency, uh, but it was by accident. So when you're a freelance <laughs> freelancer, like you're always looking for gigs, always, you know, searching the web and, you know, the way that this particular, um, uh, job was worded, it seemed like it was a temporary quick, you know, gig or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. so it turns out that these were like recruiters wording, uh, you know, trying to get people to come in. And so I went in and they gave me one position. It was like a, a short, you know, short-term position. And then I went to like one other one. And then the third position I went to, um, I ended up staying because, you know, they wanted to keep me there. And, you know, it was a, you know, cushy job, you know, well-paying at the time. And so I just decided to stay. Um, but before that, I, I, I was always a freelancer, um, a creative freelancer. So design and, um, and, uh, and web development. So, and so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wanted to at least touch on the, that, that one piece, the freelancer um, period. Uh, I, I just want to throw it in there. Like that was probably the most creative part or like that vibe of feeling like I was an artist. Like um, I, I was a freelancer doing like some IT stuff for college and it was just like, Hey, come in, do this stuff or have you. But I had very simple hours. I was no longer in this kind of salaried role that I was in prior to it. And I was just hanging out with creatives all the time, hanging on college campuses and just doing really cool stuff. And I really didn't have like, a clock that I felt I was responsible to um, for. And right, I right. was just like meeting people and just experiencing things. And it was popping up like in stuff I was doing, like I, and you know, this is like five years ago at this point, but 
it was me doing a painting every like every month, just like, mm-hmm. you know, not as a, a painter, but like, I'm going to try this creative practice to see if it's worthwhile. And that was just the energy and a mindset of being a creative at that I mean, being a, um, a freelancer at that time. That's that's just the thinking I had when you, you mentioned you had experience being a freelancer. Oh yeah. So I, yeah, I, I had like, I guess I just had it in my veins, you know, just wanted to be out on my own. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I work well in groups, but you know, sometimes you just want to be able to create, uh, on your own. And I, a big part of that was me being naive like, Oh, if I'm a freelancer, I get to do what I want and I can <laughs> make all the stuff I want. But, you know, as I developed as a, as a, a business person, as an artist in, in, that operates within a business, um, I learned that, you know, that's not always the case, even though I still do believe that being a freelancer gives you a little bit more flexibility mm-hmm. than, you know, being in a nine to five in the sense that, you know, you, you can go in and you can see everything that's wrong with a company. And, and you know, you know, when you're younger, you're like, I want to change everything. And this is <laughs> wrong. You should be doing it this way instead of that way. So I felt I had a lot of that. Um, and even, uh, in my earlier career, like, uh, this is an example I was working at, like, I guess you could call it a startup and it, and it was a startup before it was a start, like startups were a thing, you know what I mean? And it was yeah. like a small group and the, uh, the, the owner, uh, he was a great, great developer. He wanted to use, um, ASP.net, which is like, you know, it's still used, but at the time PHP was coming out like heavy. And this was before it was used for WordPress and Drupal and all these other um, applications. And I'm like, listen, like PHP is the, the way with the future. Like we got to Nah, he was like, nah, I don't want to do that because he was comfortable with ASP.net. Right. And now, like, like I said, some things are built and still built, or you have to maintain things at ASP.net, but I don't think any new things are being built in ASP.net. And so because I was like, I saw PHP as being like the language of the web and like moving forward. Um, that was an example of how I was under the umbrella of somebody, but I couldn't like move the way that I wanted to because there were things that were already set in place. So I know that's kind of a tangent, but so I'm at my job and everything is cool. Everything's gravy. You know, it's, 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 um, you know, not cookie cutter work, but it's, you know, there was some, some opportunity for creativity there. So it, it was a great place. It's like probably the best job I've ever had. It, that was that whole nine to five experience. Um, but I just, I don't know, something was calling me outside of that. And I just, you know, I, I don't, I can't even really pinpoint back to um, what, what the catalyst was for me to leave, but I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to be doing more as far as, you know, creation goes. That makes sense. You know, it, it, it's when you find that thing that's just calling you and you're like, I, this is what I'm going to do. And you know, I, you know, as I mentioned before we got started, I've been doing this for, for quite some time and I really haven't been hit with that, that full like piece yet, just because it doesn't feel like there's, it's, it's sustainable, um, for the lifestyle that one wants to live, mm-hmm. but also I am not stopping it because I enjoy doing it and it, it, it gives me a lot. It's, it's great for me and I, I enjoy it. And I've learned, I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to my, my practice. I'm a nerd when it comes to podcasts. I'm a pod nerd. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel that. Um, and I, I will say that I'm the same way for any new endeavor that I, that I jump into. I just, kind of go crazy you know some friends might describe it as a little obsessive but that's just who I am it's like once I decide that I want to do something like I I will dive into it and I will try to do it for you know as much as I can um and so that's just like who I am and and I think it's you know it's a gift and a curse because you know if you're working it's hard to work on multiple things 
and you have to like focus on one thing or you can become too short-sighted and you're not able to see other opportunities that are, you know, forming around you because you're just, you know, too, you have too much of a tunnel vision. But I, I figured I, I figured out a way to find a balance. I mean, especially with my photography and my um, paint practice, it brought me a lot of anxiety for a long time. It's like, okay, well, I have to pick one. Like I have to pick yeah. this particular creative endeavor and whatever. And I think a lot of that was, you know, societal norms, like you can't be this and that you have to pick one thing and you have to be known for one thing and blah, blah, blah. But once again, getting a little older, learning things. And I started learning about like these big, like conglomerates, um, like, you know, uh, Coca-Cola and whatever. And I'm like, yo, they own like all these different sodas. They don't just do one thing. And granted they have teams, you know, probably thousands of employees or whatever, but I I took it upon myself to be like, I can do the same thing. Like it doesn't all have to be under one name. It doesn't have to all be, you know, it it can be an umbrella. I could be, you know, I can have an umbrella of different things that I do. So I try to move forward in that way. So I'm still, I still program. I program mostly, for myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, trying to, you know, grow my business and move things forward. But I've also uh, done, you know, freelance work for, you know, various uh, organizations. Um, I, I just re- recently wrapped up one not too long ago um, for Rap Research Lab, which is, uh, it's, I'm not going to get into it, but they, they, <laughs> they have like amassed like this database of, um, of, of, of rap songs and lyrics. And I did some work for them and it was like a really fun experience. Uh, and so I do that and I, am a painter, I'm an illustrator, I'm a photographer, uh, and whatever else that I feel like getting into at the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so like I was saying, um, like earlier and, and, and again, I, I kind of get what, what you're, what you're describing there where I do my thing and I'm running three different podcasts right now. And one of the things that presented itself was as you get a little older, it's like, all right, do I just want to keep doing, I, I do the one that I started in 2009 was pop culture, weird news, it's comedy podcast and been doing that ever since. A lot of fun. Great. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely something that speaks to me and it satiates my desire to always be online, looking up minutia and people doing goofy things. Uh, and in and doing the other, like two, one is a movie review show, which I just started. I'm trying to like build that one up, but this one, this one is the one that spoke to me that, mm-hmm. you know, I always have I've been in Baltimore for 36 years. I've always been here. And mm-hmm. um, it's important to me that my, you put some respect on the name of, of Baltimore. <laughs> and, you know, if I can do my part and my smidgen part of doing that and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want to be able to do. And out of that, I, I've been afforded a few opportunities to do some consultation. Uh, hey, you know, you've been doing it for this long. Yes, verifiable. Look, Google me. And, mm-hmm. you know, people will do that. And my employer, my day job, um, you know, is a, is a college. And they were like, yeah, can you help our multicultural folks out building out this podcast of multicultural students? Right. I was like, absolutely. Right. And they were like, um, do you know how to edit podcasts? And I was like, yeah. He's like, can you train us? I was like, the game is to be sold, not told. <laughs> so I make a little bread on the side doing that. And right, right, right. It, it comes from it. So it's like, I'm kind of freelancing in the things that I don't necessarily like want to do per se, but there are things that come natural too. And it's kind of like easy money to fund this practice because unless you're getting sponsors, editing costs, web hosting costs, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that you said something really important. It's like, you know, you were, you had like your passion project and you were Mm -hmm. doing it and, you know, 
you didn't know where, how you would make money, but you developed these skills just by following your passion. And you were able to turn that into, you know, some side, you know, some side money, you know what I mean? And, And so a lot of times, you know, people, if they're not making money immediately or it's like, Oh, why would I do this thing? If it's not going to benefit me, it's like, you're always going to be building skills. Even if you don't think that your skills can translate into something else, it might morph into like something completely different. So me as a programmer, like I didn't know that it would help me in the ways that it does with my photography business, but everything kind of meshes over, like even from like, like thinking creatively uh, from a programmer standpoint, I think, you know, programming can be an art as well. It's a creative endeavor as well. Mm-hmm. It requires um, pr- thinking about the problem and seeing it from different perspectives and, and, and doing some problem solving. So I, I, you know, I always say that I do these different things, but I feel like they're all intertwined as far as creativity is concerned. At least that's how I, how I look at it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a data analyst, SQL out all day. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, so definitely coming up with systems like, all right, how am I going to organize this? How can I take from here? How can I make this into a process that I can replicate over and over and over again? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I've been doing. So, you know, just thinking of terms of like templates, like what part of my process is it's like a bottleneck for my time Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i've been able to do multiple things it's like what can i hand off what can i delegate and get the resources to make that happen right Um, so this is a question that i didn't send you because i had to have sneaky questions in there uh (laughs) are you more of an early riser or night owl and does in that does creativity kind of hit you at weird times like i definitely need to get that shot or you know what I think I'm going to paint that. Like, like how, how, how does that, that work for you? Oh, I, I'm an early riser. I, <laughs> I, uh, I get up like dumb early and then I go to bed <laughs> kind of early. It just depends. So it's funny because, uh, I used to be a, a, a late riser and that's only because I was, um, I used to roller, well, I still roller skate, but I, I used to roller skate more heavy, like back in the day, by back in the day, I mean like five, 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> and, um, and uh, the, the the skate sessions are late. So they start seven, they'll go to 12. Some start at 12 a.m. and go to like 4 a.m. in the morning. So I would like go to the skate session and I would like wake up like crazy late unless I had a shoot or something in the morning time. And then I just wouldn't go to sleep. I would like leave the skate session and then like do like an early morning shoot. And I was doing that for a while. Now, maybe because I'm old, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, go to, I go to bed early. Um, it's mostly because I'm not skating those late hours and I get up pretty early. So I'm up at like it, between anywhere between three 30 and five, like wow. I'm up. Like, yeah, I just can't, I just can't stay asleep. And it's just something about the peace and like the calm in the morning. Like, you know, I live, I live downtown. So there's like less fire, fire sirens or less yeah. police cars in that, at that time. It's like nobody out there yelling on the street that don't start <laughs> to like six or seven. It's like yeah, the roosters are yelling. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly my alarm clock. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm up. And so, like, for instance, this morning, I was up crazy early and I um, was looking at some old photos from like my archive. And I just, you know, some photos that, I, that weren't released and I worked on them this morning. And I just had like this creative energy. Um, and I, it's just a really good, quiet time for me to do that kind of work. Also, I um I guess my side thing or something that I'm passionate about is, is studying uh, foreign languages. So that is also a good time for me to study in the mornings because it's like less distraction. So that's like my my morning routine. 
yeah, one one of the dudes that um that kind of helped me in my whole like learning SQL and all of that stuff. One of the things that he'd mentioned to me, just his way of thinking was very challenging for me up front because it wasn't my specific way of thinking. I was like, all right, let me learn from this, this master. It's like those old Kung Fu movies. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna get slapped <laughs> on the wrist. And uh, it, I just remember it was just, you know, just him just telling me like, you know, we're giving our best hours to this office, right? And he's like, when do post offices close? He started just kind of breaking down different things. And just what you described there a second ago, it's like, yeah, this is the time that I'm up. I, I've, right. I've been like relegated, like, especially during this whole COVID period being, you know, working from home and all that mm -hmm. I, I feel age befalling me. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been getting up like super early for me. Um, and, and always it's been pretty much my, most of my adult life has been getting up at five thirty, six o'clock and uh it didn't going to sleep at like 10 and i mean being exhausted like right, you know, it's right, just been right, a, right. a full day but i you know i get hit with just creativity at weird times and mm -hmm. i think you can like unlearn like that system of let me get up because it's time to make the donuts for another person's like mm -hmm. business okay. uh, so what and maybe you've already hit this, but what draws you to the mediums in which you work in over maybe other artistic expression? Um, well, I, I think I've always had a pencil in my hand. Like I from when I was very young, like I, I always remember drawing and painting like, you know, you go to my grandma's house, like you'll see like, you know, all the paints, you know, the drawings, you know, the drawings yeah. that you do here a little. Um, I've always been kind of solitary and I just like to be by myself with a piece of paper. Um, and, and so I think that I went into web development. So let's, let's rewind. So drawing, always wanted to draw, love drawing, love art, art, you know, anything related to art. So I wanted to be an architect and then I was like, uh, but that's going to be a lot of math. I know now that I probably could have done the math and it would have been fine, but you know, 13 year old me was like, I don't want to have to do any more math than that, than it's necessary. So I decided to be um, a graphic designer. And when I got to uh, school uh, for graphic design, I realized that my classes were like overflowing, inundated with people. There weren't enough computers. And so I thought to myself, like, is this what the work world is going to be like? And so I pivoted and I started doing web development. Mm -hmm. One, because it seemed like, well, at the time, like there were no classes for it. Like all you had to, you, you, your only option was to like go buy a book and like just figure it out, right? And so, right. Um, so, that's, so that's what I did. And that's how I pivoted into uh, web development. And so also at the time, I, I'm making myself sound real old. I'm not gonna <laughs> so, Also at the time, you know, a developer and a, and a, and a programmer or a designer and a programmer were two different jobs. Mm -hmm. And so because I had that creative side about me and I had the technical side, I was able to pitch myself to clients and say, listen, you don't have to pay two guys for the job. You can just pay one person and that'll be me. I have low overhead, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's how I kind of pitched myself. And that's how, how that happened. Um, and I was doing that for a while and, you know, that was good and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I stopped and then I moved in when I went to that full-time job. And then I went back into, then I went to photography. So I never picked up a camera before then. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always say the camera, you know, it's just a, it's a pencil with a bunch of buttons. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, 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 the create, the creativity, the eye, everything has to be there. You know, I, I learned like, you know, basic principles, basic, you know, art principles, Congress and, and, and repetition and, you know, all the, all the stuff that they teach you in, in art school. Um, and so I started taking photos and I, and I, you know, I was looking at the magazines and the fashion magazines and, 
And I, I felt like I can do it. You know, I felt like I was, I had the skills to be able to do that. And so I started and I bought, I remember cause I bought a camera, which I thought was top of the line. It was so cheap. It was a Nikon, like the something, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but I bought it that year with my tax money that I received from, from that job. Yeah. And they shouldn't have gave me that tax money because then I was, I was out of it. Just kidding. <laughs> but I was out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I bought it with my tax money and then I really kind of dove into um, photography full time. And so that's how that transition. I, honestly, I, I'm trying to remember the moment where I just decided to like pursue photography. Um, I think in my mind, I thought photography was more lucrative like it was going to be i was going to be able to get paid um as opposed to like being a fine artist or whatever at least that's what i thought back then and um so i decided to do photography because i'm like okay this is a way for me to make some money um and i'm not one of those artists who are like oh it's all about the art like no i i'm trying to get paid i think that you know if you if you are good at what you do and i think if you um you should be compensated i don't i, I don't think that I don't believe in this this um disconnect with oh if I love this thing then mm -hmm. I shouldn't pay for it because if I want to continue to do the thing then I got to keep the lights on you know what I mean but that's like that is from years and years of like not keeping the light on and you know I'm just yeah. you know just tired of you know just tired of scratching together and living and so on and so forth so I I've always been um, business oriented and business minded as it approach you know as I approach um my photography and my, and my artwork. I think with my artwork, I have a little bit more um, flexibility to just delve more into the creative side. I'm not trying to make a living from, uh, from painting because I see photography as my day job. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. It's just a good day job. Um, so I'm rambling. I don't even know where I was. No, going. no, you're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, just ask me another question. Cause I, <laughs> I so forgot the, where I was going. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so that's, that's, it's interesting. Like, um, and I ramble as well. Uh, so yeah, like I, I think being able to separate like the two, like why you're doing it and the, you hear about the whole starving artist thing all the time. And it's like, no, nah, artists shouldn't starve or what have you. And, 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 and that's, that's the thing. Like sometimes I shade people. I was like, eh, I don't know if it's worth that much, but also mm -hmm. it's like, you're the person that's de determining what your, your worth is and what your time is. And yeah. I say that as a person who, you know, I've been doing this, put it this way, this medium in which I'm working in, every Tom, Dick and Harry is now doing it. And mm -hmm. I'm an OG in the area. Right. And right. Right. It's kind of like, eh, eh. I almost <laughs> want to be one of those like angry, like old artists, like, ah, oh, these new guys, these new Jacks. Oh, that happens everywhere. No matter what, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Were you, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. So, so, so the question, I, the next question I had since, you know, ask another question. Uh, so I took a little time going to websites and such. I uh, came across uh, glenfordnunez.photography. Well, just a slash there at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I like I, I like what I read on there. I saw the rants and ramblings um, with the images that were taken. It has that narrative feel. Was that intentional to kind of capture just what you were thinking during that time? Almost like here's my monologue, or here's my inner my inner monologue as I'm taking these uh, these pictures. Uh, yeah, that definitely was intentional. Like you know, I was you know, like I said creative people always you know i'm always in my head I'm, I'm a solitary person i'm always thinking and i used to have this uh this what was it called blogger he's this blogger and i and i did this thing it was just like stream of consciousness 
no, you know, no checking for typos. And I would just type and type and type and type and type. I don't know. I was going through something, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. And I would type and type and type and I would just post it. Right. Just who cares? Like, I don't care who sees it, whatever. And I, this is I already had like a, a pretty big following. Like this is back when Facebook was like the only way to like get your, your name out there. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that. And then, you know, not thinking like people, they, they thought I was like, directing things towards them but it wasn't <laughs> like that like so i had to stop i had to stop that because i was getting too many calls like well what did you mean by line 17 and this i'm like i don't it's stream of consciousness i don't know like i'm just typing anyway so i kind of took that over into that portion of the the website because i just thought it would be cool i usually you know i get a lot of questions about how did you do this? What lens did you use? And and for whatever reason, like the community, the photography community, they really don't like sharing information. It's like, it's like proprietary secrets, but it's not like that anymore because everything is out there. And so I feel like at the time I was given a lot of information before it was a thing to like have a YouTube channel, like to show like what you do. Like, I feel like now it's, it's, it's commonplace, but at the time I was just giving out the information because a lot of people wanted to know. And I also felt that, you know, I learned like when I was looking for resources, when I started photography, like there were none out there. Like I just had to like look at photography books and like, guess what lighting setup it was and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to put that out there, um, you know, for me just to like get these things out of my head and to have it documented, but also for people who who wanted to know. And, and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback from people saying that, you know, just reading my rants are like helpful. So it's it's structured. Basically, if, if, you know, for those who haven't been to the site who are listening, it's like the technical, like what my f-stops were, what lens did I use, what camera did I use, you know, and then I go into a rant about the shoot, which may or may not be related to anything, but it's like how I was feeling at the time. The model did this instead of that. And it's like, so I go into those because that's, that's an important part. I think, you know, it's not all technical. What lens did you use? What lights did you use? And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that goes into it. So yeah, that was very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you, you, people get the end result and it's like, Oh, here's this beautiful image and here's uh, just this lighting choice and look at the contrast and all of this good stuff, but not having an, a peek into what the photographer is thinking. It's like, and then it's, then it's almost like, all right, so what's the uh, the subject? What are, what are their what's their thoughts? Can we have like a duel back and forth? Oh, that would be awesome! I wish I, wish <laughs> I never thought about that. That would be cool, like just this back and forth. Yeah, you got um, me just standing here. This is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um. So this this is a because this is a we're, we're you know people of color has some brown going on. Um. So your work captures the uh, spectrum of brown skin. Some some of the work that I've seen uh, definitely captures it from lightest to darkest, and it, it's done just beautifully. I recall watching a behind the scenes vignette on the show Insecure about having black cinema photographers and kind of this notion that they're the ones that can capture us and make us look the way that we look instead of just my background, you know? And mm-hmm. and so what are your, your thoughts on, on that? Having like more people like, like taking, like having people that are black taking pictures of black folk, you know, like what are your thoughts on that? The kind of that racial bias conversation within photography? Um, okay, so this is definitely a tough conversation. Um, I, I think that because a lot of times our subjects, when we're learning how to photograph people um, are black, at least that was my experience. Mm-hmm. We, you, you learn to like for that. 
Um, and I think that if you don't care to photograph black people, then you won't learn how to photograph black people. Mm. It's, 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 it goes back to the, and you see this across the industry, like with hairstylists. So, um, it's like, if you have a black hairstylist, a black hairstylist can do, uh, for, you know, hair for black people, which is, I guess, a more, some black people just don't want to get into general generalizations, yeah. but, uh, generally black texture hair, but they can also do straight bone straight hair but if you reverse that and you have a, a, a stylist who never did black hair before you have them able to do the straight hair but not able to do the black hair and i think that's i guess what i'm saying is i guess that's a positive of being a black photographer and uh viewing it from that perspective i can shoot the whole spectrum from the deepest the deepest darkest color all the way to the palest whitest whatever because i don't I kind of don't have a choice. I need to like know. And then I think that's another thing. It's like, it's not that other photographers don't care to, but there's no need for them because mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, now maybe because there's more of a, an awakening happening, there's more of a, um, a need to, to, to capture people of color because it's, you know, it's, everything's about inclusivity right now. And so like, I feel like some photographers are scrambling trying to learn how to, um, <laughs> you know, light and work with people of color. Yeah. But, you know, for, for black photographers, I feel like we just don't have that choice. Like we have to know, we have to know our stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's important. And, I, and I've been having just conversations with um, people in different spaces, uh, whether it be curators and such that they were just saying like, yeah, we're doing the show with all like black artists and having like black fingerprints on it the the like we're organizing yeah. it it's like it's for, literally a fubu situation it's for us yeah. by us yeah, and we're yeah. getting it sorted and we're we're intentional with how we're putting out this show and how we're trying to speak in the language in which we're trying to to speak in that you know other people they may not have the uh, the the foundational kind of background to to do that in the same way yeah, so, for yeah. sure. For sure. You got to have that context. You got to have that cultural context. I mean, I, I have like a lot of, so I have stories about this. Like uh, <laughs> one, one I can think of off the top is like a shoot for a major, major beauty brand. And it was a hair, it was a, a hair shoot and it was for people, uh, for women with, with natural hair. Like that was the premise of the thing. Only black person on the set. I'm the photographer. I, they specifically brought me in because I was black, and I know because I had a, a back and forth with them. They like, we want to, we want to do a video of you photographing the ladies, and I'm like, well, why do you know why do why you gotta do all that? And it's because they wanted to have a clout of saying, oh, this is a black photographer, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, so they wanted to look like there was whatever. Okay, so. I was there, um, and I the I, I was there for casting. And I flew out to LA for the casting, and you know we had all these you know beautiful girls coming in, and and you know they had this you know their, their natural hair and it's, it's gorgeous and it's flowing and it's whatever, and they was walking in, and I'm just like shaking my head, and then so one girl comes in, and she has her hair and it was great, and then she and then she left, and then the person the casting director she's oh my god her hair is, is beautiful it's amazing I'm like that's not her hair what do you mean. <laughs> It's on her head. Like, how can it not be her hair? Like, I'm like, it's not, it's not, just trust me. So we had to call the girl back in. <laughs> ask her, you know, you know, is, you know, do you have extensions? Is that your hair? Is that your natural hair? She was like, oh, you know, I put some extensions. It's not my hair. She took it off. And obviously the, the person was flabbergasted. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. So <laughs> just, just like that, like, you know, from a cultural, from a, 
context, me having the context, I could see her and be like, okay, that's not her her natural hair. But if you don't have any, could you imagine like me not being on set and then them picking a girl who like it wasn't her natural hair and the whole campaign was about hair care for natural hair. It was it was crazy. I mean, it was it was a good time. And but I feel like I find myself in those situations a lot. And I think that the the things are changing a little bit. And I think that more people are in positions of creative uh, director and art director, more black people, I, I mean to say, and they, they can make those kind of decisions. But I still think we have a long way to go as far as like representation in the arts um, from a commerce, creative, like ad branding, marketing uh, perspective. That's well said. And thank you for that insight. That's a, that was a great story, by the way. Uh, Man, I, got, I, got, I got a million of them, but it's crazy. <laughs> So um, I have a few more questions and then I'll give you a chance to, to plug your, you know, where they can find you out on social media and all of that good stuff. I'd like to give everyone a chance to shamelessly plug their, their stuff. But um, so I, I read that your purpose in life is to create beautiful images and ideas that are useful to others. Why is that important to you? Why, why is it important for you to check in with yourself regularly, creatively? And um, yeah. So why is it important for you to check in yourself on, on what that purpose is regularly? Man, you did your research. I don't even know what I said that. What is, anyway, um, it's it's important for me. Um, I, I think it's just a person who's just born a creative. I, I you know, I don't I go back and forth with this idea of people actually being born with a purpose or born with a passion or whatever, having uh like a, a, a leaning into one direction or the other. But for whatever reason, at least today, I feel like there was something in me as a young person that needed to create. And um, as far as me checking in, it's like, I just feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines if I'm not creating. If I'm, and I get motivated and inspired when I see something that is, is, is beautiful to me. And I'm like, man, I need to be, I need to be making something, you know what I mean? And so it's just this, this thing, it's like this, I don't know, it's like, it's hard to explain. Like if you see like a beautiful piece of work and it's like, you get this jolt or it's just like reaction that like kind of shoots to your body. Like when I end up creating something that I'm proud of and that I'm happy with that same kind of jolt comes is, is very temporary. I just have a quick dopamine hit. And then I feel like I have to keep creating to like kind of chase that feeling. Um, and it's just a, to me, it's just a good feeling. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just your biology and you see something nice and you like it or whatever, or it's maybe something deeper in me that just requires me to, to create like from a physiological standpoint, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's something in me that I physically need to be making something that I'm happy with that I'm proud with to like operate with the sane mind in the world. You know what I mean? I dig it. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's the last question. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat here a little bit. I'll make this a two parter. Um, so uh, why Baltimore and what uh, what does Baltimore need more of from a creative standpoint? OK, well, I'm from Baltimore, so that's that's why Baltimore. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like um, I, I've done a lot of traveling all over the place. And, you know, I, it's just no, it's just something about the people here. It's the realness. It's it's the it's the personalities. It's the. You know, I talked earlier about people yelling in the street, but you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. I love that about the city, you know, I, you know. Um, and so because I've been all over the place, you know, met different people, different personalities. I just Baltimore just keeps bringing me back. Another good thing about Baltimore is that, you know, we got BWI, major international hub. And it's it's easy to, like, get to other places from Baltimore. 
you know, things are cheaper in Baltimore, right? As opposed to like, say, uh, DC or like a Philly or New York, mm -hmm. I feel like I can operate out of Baltimore um, and like not go broke. So that there's, there's that as well. It's very advantageous. <laughs> I'm about to be uh, a businessman, I'm about to try to make good, smart business decisions. Um, what else? Um, yeah. And what was the next, what was the next question? So the other part, yeah, I, I should have like, like paused on that one, but the other part is, um, I, I'll frame it like this, uh, finish his thought, uh, creatively Baltimore needs more dot, dot, dot. Oh boy. Baltimore Street. needs more. Yeah. I know it's supposed to be fast, right? Like, no, no, Baltimore. no. Stream of consciousness style. Let's get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Baltimore needs a lot of stuff. Baltimore needs more creative agencies. Baltimore needs more photography studios. I'm talking about like operating on a higher end. Um, what happens is when, when a company in Baltimore wants like a, like a photo shoot or like a high end, uh, campaign or something, they always outsource, they go to LA, they go to, um, New York, um, even they'll go to DC and they'll just skip over all of the talent that we have here in Baltimore. And it's like, you're, you end up paying a lot more money to outsource everything and then like fly people in. As a matter of fact, one project that I had, they hired an outside, uh, agency from New York to then find me in Baltimore. And so they had to pay like this middleman. I don't even know how much they paid them mm. to like, for me to do the job where, you know, if there was some kind of network or connection that, you know, they could have come straight to me and, or not even me, any other of the great photographers that are in Baltimore. We have so many great photographers. We have so much talent here in Baltimore. So I think we, we need more of a connection and believe it or not, like Baltimore, like we're like a close knit, city but everyone is in their own silo and everybody is in their their own own bubble and even with the art world i mean this is a, a rant and a tangent but when, when i talk to somebody that's not from baltimore they're like oh my god baltimore is so great it's such a, a great art scene i'm like well which art scene are you talking about because there's two <laughs> there's like there's two distinct art scenes that i'm thinking of you know and i'm not going to lay it out in, in you know in, in, in black and white but it's it's like yeah, that's it's, really good <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's two different things happening in the city and so the baltimore that i know is going to be very different from the Baltimore that a tourist knows. And, you know, there's places where, where, where the two sides of Baltimore intersect, but I just feel like that's what Baltimore needs. Maybe uh, more tour guides. I don't know. <laughs> to a, a different side of Baltimore. Um, I think Baltimore needs more media outlets. I know we have a few publications here, but I would like to see more, more magazines, more, uh, more fashion. Like Baltimore needs more fashion, more fact. We have really great fashion designers here, but Baltimore also needs more love for the people that are here. Like I, I have so many friends that are super, super talented from the city and they just, they had to leave because they just don't, they just wasn't getting any love or they won't get love until some other city, some other organization, some other publication, like put some, put them out there, shout them out. And then like everyone scrambling, like, Oh, I saw you did this. I saw you on that show. Like mm -hmm. now can you like, it was like, where was you at when I was shivering in the cold? Like I needed, <laughs> I needed some help. And, <laughs> anyway. So that, yeah, that was my rant. Baltimore needs a lot uh, as far as the create, creative, um, the creative goes. Um, 
that's 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 super accurate though like um you know i've been like i said i've been doing it for for quite some time and there have been offers and i was mm-hmm. like look i want to do it here yeah. uh you yeah. know like Philadelphia. i've had connections in philadelphia connections in new york new orleans and i was like nah i kind of want to do it here yeah. and you know just now in, in doing this podcast which mm-hmm. is, is a lot of fun but also it's a lot of work a lot of moving and shaking yeah and you know, you have some people show love and you have some people who they, they don't. And, um, and that kind of goes the way that it goes, but I, I'm not doing it for that. I'm, I'm doing it right. because it's, um, I think it's necessary. And I think it's, um, in many ways, um, like public service almost and, yeah. uh, yeah. community engagement. So that's the, for you. yeah. All right. So have we ever met before? Cause I feel like if we haven't met, that's weird because I feel like we, we have similar mindsets. We yeah. both from Baltimore and maybe have we met in some venue? And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think we have, we've met. I don't think we've crazy. met my, one of my good friends mentioned you by name. And I was like, how do you know? <laughs> it's like, oh. I was like, uh, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, you know, this, this has been really, really fun. Um, I think we, I think we should meet, um, once things get kind of, you know, sorted out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I just, I, yeah, it just blows my mind. So Baltimore needs more connection. There's no reason that <laughs> we've been living in a city for 30 plus years and we haven't met each other. We're in like similar whatevers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so real quick, um, anything that you want to plug? Um, so my photography is, uh, Glenford Nunez, uh, at Glenford Nunez, G-L-E-N-F-O-R-D-N-U-N-E-Z. My painting is uh, G-L-E-N underscore draws. Um, my photography, you you got the old website, but I, my other my other full website is G-L-E-N-F-O-R-D dot com. Wait, Glenford Nunez dot com. Yeah. So first name, last name dot com. Um, I don't really have anything else going on to share. Um, and that's it. Then again, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. I'll do my sign off and I'll be that. Uh, so for Glenford New Year's, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art, photography, and just, just dope people in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for them.